sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. SportsGrid Network. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Welcome back, everybody, right here. Hour number two of the early line, giving you the edge on Sports Grid, Dane and Kevin. And Kev, you know, we 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 look at a little football here. We play a little bit of soccer here. You know, we check it out, whether it's, you know, the Bundesliga, the Champions League, MLS. It had really helped us during the pandemic, and we became, you know, intrigued by some of it. So I would be remiss if we did not celebrate and congratulate the Columbus crew. Over the weekend, they won the MLS Cup. They beat the Seattle Sounders 3-0 in the championship. You know, and honestly, I just think it's a good story. You know, if you've been tracking this team for a couple of years, you know that they were in doubt. They were at risk of like relocating or even contracting a couple of years ago. Okay, but they stick with it. Guys like Jossie Zardis and the crew, literally, they get the job done. They are the MLS Cup champions. And I think, you know, they had one of the top odds to do so. They were one of the favorites in the tournament. Good to see uh, the Columbus crew get through and become champs of MLS. Yeah, and I think for the MLS, it's going to be interesting to see how they can try and build off of the momentum. I think, yeah, and we know this. What's going to be big for the MLS is if they can bring over a big star player. We have heard so many rumors about Ronaldo, Antoine Griezmann, Messi. Lionel Messi. We, we've heard a lot of names tossed out there. I remember when I was young and David Beckham came and right. played in the MLS. I mean, in that moment, I thought that the MLS was the biggest league in the world. I was young. I had no idea what was going on. So forgive me, right? But Not at the end the, of the uh, day... When NYCFC can, was huge for a while. Pirlo can, they had. Right. Can the MLS pull some of these bigger names over? Because there's also a couple of these U.S. men's national team players making a name for themselves. Right. Weston in McKinney Europe, yeah. scoring in the Champions yeah. League. Gio right. Reyna scoring absolute worldies for Dortmund. Yeah. Like, so... The, the U.S. brand of soccer is increasing, but you're going to need the MLS to continue to grow here to that, you know, when kids are younger, they want to play soccer. I mean, that's how this stuff works is can mm-hmm. they bring in some of these big names? And listen, I mean, Ronaldo and Messi are the, are the peak of the peak of the peak, right? But even someone, you know, and Griezmann maybe is a couple of years away, but, you know, he sure. loves Mark and he wants to come. It'll be interesting to see if we enter next season and there's one or two of those legends that make their way to the MLS and add a little more, you know, wood with the fire. Yeah, and I think I think that's very possible um, related to COVID on a number of levels. One, they weren't going to sign European dudes, you know, in the middle of the summer this year anyway, right, yeah. because of the way that the world was. But another thing we've heard, right, I've mentioned it to you, our guy Tom Bogart has even said, there are some clubs in Europe, right, that are feeling the financial burden of COVID, 
because of 2020. I'm not talking about Man United, right, or some of these teams, but there are some kind of middle-tier European soccer clubs that straight up can't afford some of their best talent anymore, right? And so the idea that they may have to loan them out or sell them could be possible uh, in the on the horizon. We've even heard guys like Lionel Messi may go to Man City, but then as part of the contract, kind of have the sun-setting years in the MLS with a squad like NYCFC. You know, I'd be very excited about that. Kev, you also mentioned kind of the United States. They're going to set forth on their... Um, you know, qualification for the World Cup. They're going to start playing those matches. And you mentioned some of the young Americans that are doing work mm-hmm. out there in Europe. You mentioned, you know, McKinney got a goal, Pulisic we know about. And they are playing for some of the top teams in Europe as we welcome in our radio audience across the country, across the globe. Big shout out to all the affiliates getting up on the grid early with us. Some of the best clubs in Europe are starting and relying on young American kids now. And the best clubs in Europe have found out their draw for the next stretch of the Champions League. Remember, we were talking about the group stage and match day five and the table and why the draws were necessary. Well, no more draws. We've got the home and home, the two legs. We are now in the round of 16. They did the draw for the knockout stage, Kev. We'll put it up on the screen. You know, they they pick him out of the pot. That's why PSG, for example, Mm -hmm. wanted to be the first seed, not the second seed. Remember after that game that we profiled last week, here are some of the matchups. I think a couple are very interesting. The marquee matchup is going to be Barcelona squaring off against Paris Saint-Germain in the next round. My squad, Borussia Mönchengladbach, gets a tough draw against one of the favorites, Man City. The overall favorite in the tournament continues to be Bayern Munich. They draw Lazio. I know you love Atalanta and their goal-scoring prowess. They get an interesting draw against Real Madrid. You know, other, I mean, these are big boys here, right? Liverpool against Leipzig, Juve versus Porto. Dortmund draws Sevilla. Atletico Madrid gets Chelsea. These are the best 16 clubs in the world, and they're going to face off. It won't happen until, I believe, after the Super Bowl in February. But here's the draw. Any initial thoughts on some of these matchups? So something that really stands out to me is you don't have a match because of course you know it's it's a random draw it's drawn is you yeah. don't have a matchup where there are two teams playing one another that are not tier one level clubs like a Gladbach versus Lazio because that right, right, sometimes right. Happens Lazio wants to get Bayern still right yeah. right so if, like if you look at it there's almost clear defined favorites throughout or and then maybe this exception is. Chelsea, Atletico Madrid, big clubs, Barca, PSG, absolutely massive clubs. So those are the type of things to to see that this is going to be a really, really competitive round of 16. And you know I love to do this before something like that gets underway. You start just peeling through this futures market. The thing that is so difficult about a Champions League futures market is there's no bracket. So you think, all right, I'm going to pick two horses. And then right. they're playing each other in the next round. So it's it's a difficult market to navigate. There's a lot of plus money out there. Yeah. None of the groups were a complete surprise so that one of those teams actually won to get the kind of down versus down matchup you talked about. Your heart's racing. Sports Grid. 
BetOnTheGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here onto the early line, giving you the edge on SportsGrid. The visiting statistician and the candle burner. Look at some soccer on the horizon. I got to tell you, Kev, even Champions League gets going back here again, even my NYCFC. Remember, they, they, they cut it off in March with the pandemic. They were in the middle of like a home-and-home home leg against a dominant Mexican squad, Tigres. They are, um, Kev, I, I went back and watched the first leg of it. And why CFC played, you know, this Tigres team in Red Bull Arena, if you remember, in 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 uh, March, and they lost one nothing. Tigres got a goal. I'm not joking. In the 93rd minute, on some mm. ridiculousness, and now they are down one nothing in aggregate. Going, you know, it's it's in a bubble. They're down there in Florida, but they are resuming the Concacaf Champions League. Big shout out to them. Montreal Impact against CD Olympia on the other game uh, that'll be happening tonight. But Kev, if you're on in game live, you've got more action to follow tonight. I think NYC yeah. is going at 10 p.m. I believe. So something for you to burn the candle at both. You staying ends. up but now? Uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what's going on. It's a Tuesday. There's some other things that go on in my household on a Tuesday. But, you know, NYCFC will get it going. I got to find out, like, what channel it's on. I got to, ch- you know, who knows yeah. where that's going to be on. It might be on, yes, it might be on, like, Universal. Yeah, you never know. But I digress, Kev. Let's go over to college football and talk some about that. We've got new AP and coaches rankings. We know the college football playoff standings will come out tonight. And... Listen, there's a shuffle. Why? Because the Gators went down, Kev. The Gators went down to LSU in that game. And there's, you know, big movement. We have Cincinnati moving up, Indiana moving up, Iowa State, Coastal Carolina, and others that have moved up. You might have thought Miami had a chance to move up, but they got crushed at Hard Rock by the Tar Heels. You know, they had an opportunity Hmm. to really make hay, right? Potentially a win against another top 20 kind of team could have positioned themselves maybe to, you know, be in a good New Year's Day bowl, an orange bowl, the sugar bowl kind of thing. But that doesn't happen either. Kev, we have reached the the point of the season where there's really only these conference championship games left, right? Some conferences decided to mm-hmm. do away with the back end of their schedule. Just let's fast forward to this. You got Dan Mullen already still talking. He talks all the time, right? Because that yeah. loss to LSU that happened was, in fact, Kev, a rescheduled game that originally got canceled yeah. because of COVID, right? And so, listen, Ohio State doesn't have to so, do that, doesn't have to make up games that were scheduled, ACC. right? You know, hey, ACC, Notre Dame, and, and uh, Clemson, don't worry about that last game on your schedule. Cincinnati and Tulsa, don't worry about playing. Just fast forward, you know, so... Listen, I don't like the way Dan Mullen has presented himself for much of the season, packing the swamp and all that. But he's not without a point as we try to normalize these things. And that's what we've been saying all season long, right? These resumes have just do not. They're not apples to apples, Kev. No, they're not. And I want to hang out on Florida LSU for a little bit because I want I think, first of all, at the end of the day, normal year, you play your games that are on the schedule. I think the ACC needs to look at what happened with Florida. I'm like, yep, nail that. 
1,000% correct I, decision. I'm saying, yes. Because, yes. like, do you know how much juice they took out of Bama, Florida now? A yes. ton of juice leaves that yes. game. Here's my thing, though, with Florida, right? If they win that game by three, right? Still? They just win the game by three, right? Still? They were 23 and a half point favorites, right? If Florida, no, no, if Florida won that game oh, the LSU against LSU, game. yes, okay. yes, 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 yes. If they won that game, do you think they get moved down? Poor performance. No. Let's get no, Cincinnati. No, 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 no. Not at all. All you got to do, I Not said at this at the very beginning, Kev. I said this in October. It's about falling by the wayside, right? Right. And no, with yes. a three point win, they would not fall by the wayside. So this is my thing, and this is like it's a it's a big convoluted thing that probably has no actual answer. But I, my head has been spinning since the game ended, and if Dane can't help me, then I'm basically I have no paddle. At the end of the day, so Florida loses by three. Some kid makes a 57-yard field goal. Florida We're doesn't have shoes, their best. Kev. We're throwing shoes. Like, yeah, I mean, outrageous. Florida <laughs> doesn't have their best offensive player. They miss a 51-yarder to tie the game up. They're, like, there's so many things at play where if Florida beat Alabama, and I, you know, that's where you're still. I'm, right. My question is, if they beat Alabama, right, like what is that worth? Where does that where does that get you? Because I agree, like, you go full body of work. Florida cannot claim to have a better season than Alabama. You have two losses. One of the Florida's losses. losses is a team Bama boat raced. But also, Florida being able to say, we are the SEC champions. The whole top ten is the SEC. Now, again, I, I don't think that it's going to get that team into the top four. No. Maybe it's just another proof point of why I think we need eight. But it's just it it's so crazy to me that a fifty seven yard field goal going in and a fifty one yard field goal going wide left. Yeah. And now Florida could put the biggest, yeah. you know, win that anybody could could possibly put out there. And it would amount to sixth. Yeah, no, I hear you. And think about how all these little individual plays throughout the season, now as we look at the top 10, what could have been different? I mean, Indiana lost at the horseshoe by a touchdown. Imagine if that was a little bit different. BYU lost to Coastal Carolina by a yard. Imagine if that was a little bit different, right? So, yeah, coulda, woulda, shoulda's are probably all over the place, littered in the top 10, everybody telling their kind of story of what could have been, you know? I mean, we're talking about two win teams, right? Like, Georgia is a two-win team, for goodness sake, right? Think about any of those plays that Oklahoma State, when they lost in overtime, or Oklahoma. So absolutely, and that's part of why the college football season matters a lot more than the college basketball season, right? Because you can point to these one or two specific plays that have huge implications. But, Kev, we are, where the conferences were protecting their cash cows or not, we are now at the place where there are six, in my opinion, Kev, six conference championships the power five and one other one that you know i want to talk about that have legitimate implications still on the final four okay on the four so the first one you mentioned involves number one in the country alabama has that sec championship game like you're talking about against the florida gators you've talked about florida got it we know what they are we know who mullen is they have two losses i want to ask it to you differently 
because I don't think the Gators has an SEC championship. I don't know how far up they move. But let's mm. ask the inverse of that question. How far would Alabama drop if that outcome were to come in this Saturday? If the Gators win this game and the Gators are going to be pissed to bounce back and show off and Kyle Trask is still a Heisman candidate, where does Alabama go if they lose? I don't think they're going to. But where yeah. what, what's their what's their floor? The thing is, it's it's the worst case is four. A and M getting in front of them, not a chance in hell. They they beat them. They'd have the same record, and it's not like A and M could claim to be champions. Cincinnati getting in front of Alabama. <laughs> what a two loss Big Twelve champion? You said four. No. I think it's third. To be quite honest, I think the lowest they can go is three. I think the ACC champion because and Ohio State the are the only teams. teams. Loses. Right, one of the I other think, one will also lose. Right, and so I think my thing is that loser. ACC like if you champion say Notre, State. That's it. If Notre Dame loses to Clemson, right, and then Clemson yeah. ends up being the number one team in the country. And Alabama loses to Florida as 17-and-a-half-point dogs. I personally think that there's an argument for Notre Dame to go ahead of them in the rankings, and it wouldn't matter. But And also, if Clemson went up to one, I don't think they're going to run Clemson-Notre Dame three. I think they would then slap Bama in that four spot. And I guess USC would be the other team. But USC is not getting in front of Bama. They're just not. Yeah. We'll look at these other. That's one conference championship game. We've got five others on the horizon to discuss, see where the chips may fall, how they may move. And we'll tell you in advance of the standings coming out what Kevin and I would have as the top 10 when we come back on the other side of the break. It's the early line. sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com welcome back in everybody right here to the early line big shout out to all of our affiliates who are getting up on the grid very early with us we appreciate you so many ways to watch so many ways to listen so many ways to get down on the grid get down to spitting statistician and the candle burner it's interesting we got that sec championship game which was such a lynch and we thought of potentially the sec sending two teams in but with the gators lost last week hmm. i don't know that they can get all the way back up to four the ironic part is we think alabama's in the playoffs even if they sustain a loss and don't have the moniker of the SEC championship heading into the final standings. I don't know if the same is in the ACC, Kev. In the ACC championship game, which will be happening on Saturday, it's pretty much the best game of the season, right? We got like two versus three in the country facing off against each other. The winner of this game obviously will be in the top four, will be the one or two in the country. What happens to the loser of this game, Kev? Because if the loser is Clemson, it's their second loss, right? And so other teams will use that as an argument. If it's Notre Dame, and I know you are a backer of Notre Dame, but if it is Notre Dame, might, Kev, the narrative then around like when they beat Clemson without Trevor Lawrence but not being able to do so now, would that be enough 
with Clemson hopping over them, Ohio State maybe still there, and then some other things could enough mm-hmm. happen if the Irish lost to drop them out of the top four. So and, and like at the end of the day, yeah, I'm an Notre Dame fan, but but I've been consistent on this show. I, I know that if they were going to be trying to remove Notre, Dame, it wouldn't surprise me. But I actually think this past weekend locked Notre Dame in. Outside of losing the game by, like, I don't know, 50 points. Because not only did Florida now get eliminated. Florida can beat Bama. They are absolutely not jumping Notre Dame. UNC obliterating Miami was also big for Notre Dame's case. Because Clemson's big win is Miami. And there isn't one outside of that. Notre Dame has a win at UNC by two touchdowns. And UNC now is going to continue to climb up those rankings, Dane. And that's going to look like a really solid victory there. To where if Notre Dame does lose the game, a six-win USC team, I think that's ridiculous. A two-loss Big 12 title, I think that's outrageous. And as much as I know you love the Bearcats, they're just not going to give that same type of respect over a Notre Dame. And I don't think they should, by the way. I don't think Notre Dame having one loss to what would be the second team in the country, Clemson, holding a victory over them, holding a victory over UNC, I think that resume stacks up. I think Clemson, though, if they lost their second game, well, then it's anybody's spot. Then it's open guess. up the spot, right? That, so it sounds like what you're saying, Kev, is you think Bama is ready to go into the Final Four bracket regardless. You think Notre Dame is ready to go into the final bracket, win or lose. Clemson, with a loss, their second loss, could open up a door. Let's see who it might be for. As we look next, the next conference I want to talk about is the Big Ten. The Big Ten has an interesting moving matchup. Remember, Ohio State, the buzz last week was would they even qualify? But, you know, the Big Ten, they got in a room and they figured out, wait a second, we need our cash cow to still be live so all of the partner schools in the conference can get a chunk of money so it now stands to reason that all the schools in the big 10 are cheering for ohio state as they face the northwestern wildcats now northwestern is ranked i believe 13 or 14 we'll see where they come out in the standings so this will be a matchup of two top 15 teams, unlike, say, the Big 12, I mean, the Pac-12 championship game. So mm-hmm. a little bit of a feather in the cap for what could become a 6-0 and Ohio State. Is this as simple as Buckeyes win, they solidify themselves? But if they lose, then all the narratives and all the cases that people have said that, hey, Ohio State got lucky, didn't have to go through the gauntlet, avoided all the landmines. Well, if they step on the landmine that is Northwestern in this championship game, that's got to be enough to bang them out, right? Yeah, I think Ohio okay. State is very simply a win and in team by any margin okay. as well. I don't think it needs to be impressive. I think they just need to win Surviving a football events. game. If they lose, I don't see a world where they end up going in. Because I think, honestly, the winner of the Big 12 title game would be able to get in front of a one-loss Ohio State team that does not hold the Big 10 trophy. And it is a guarantee that one of either Oklahoma or Iowa State wins that football game. So that right there to me is the – because there's a world where Cincinnati loses. There's a world where USC loses their title games. There's no guarantees. But even a a one-loss A&M would still hold serve over Ohio State losing to Northwestern. 
Okay, fair enough. So that is the profile for the Big Ten game. Kind of win and in for Ohio State. Northwestern has no chance except to upset the apple cart you know, and, and make a lot of other teams out around in the country very, very happy. Go ahead. What? Like Northwestern at the end that's of the right. day. What about a 7 they lost to Michigan team State? It's a bad that's holding loss. a win over Ohio State, this obvious one of the best teams in the country. Northwestern finishes in front of Ohio State in the rankings if they beat Ohio State. Let me so ask I you something. That, Why yeah. would Northwestern be below, say, an A&M? A&M's lost, you know, beat Florida as their big win. Right. This, this Northwestern would be against an Ohio State. That would look more impressive. What is it that the A&M loss to Alabama is yeah. a better resume builder than a Northwestern loss? Interesting because Northwestern would then also have the moniker of Big Ten champion, Kev. Yeah, it's it's one of those situations, Dane, and, and this is – I genuinely do believe that the college football playoff gets very lax after, like, the top six – and I, like that's why I think Georgia's stand at the front because I, right, I know right. that in their minds are like these teams are not in. We I genuinely believe that they put less effort in. It's not a slight. It's not a knock. I that's just my genuine belief. I think Northwestern would stay below A and M as you mentioned the quality of loss. Even though A and M was routed by Bama, that kind of quality of though. loss, the quality of this win it, would be a lot better yeah. in a championship game against the Buckeyes. One hundred percent. Florida, when they packed the, you know, had the twelfth man rocking against Florida, right. I mean, a, a walk off three, you know, a walk off field goal. No, no doubt I, about it. I think, I think for for Northwestern, they would finish below A and M, but I think if they could only put one team in, I actually think that's when Northwestern would kind of get the edge, if that makes sense. Right. But I don't think it either does. team gets in, even if Fair Northwestern enough. beat Ohio State. No, I, I agree with you, and probably because if that doomsday scenario for the Buckeyes happened and the Northwestern yeah. Wildcats do beat them on Saturday as 20-and-a-half-point dogs, I will make that point. But remember, we have seen 20-point spreads in the Big Ten. You know, Michigan has lost as 20-point favorites in this conference earlier in the season. But I agree with you, if some of this chaos in the Big Ten or in the ACC happens, the first candidate to walk through the open door would be the champion of the Big 12, in my humble opinion. So let's look at that championship matchup where we have two-loss Oklahoma against two-loss Iowa State. Now, these are teams with two losses, right? So you talk about the Cincinnati's of the world, the Texas A&M's of the world, other one-loss squads that would be out there, but this would be a Power 5 conference champion, either the Sooners, who kind of have been rolling since their September struggles, right? And the Cyclones as well. Talk to me about the candidacy of the eventual Big 12 champion. So Iowa State, they started angle this last week by moving them up to seven in the college football playoff. I think they were preparing themselves for possibly the Big 12 champion needing to be that final slot. You look at Iowa State, they lost their first game of the season to Louisiana. We'll talk about it. Mm -hmm. And then they lost by three at Oklahoma State. I think Oklahoma, though, is – I actually – like. So Iowa State is higher. I think Oklahoma, though, with a win would have more juice behind it because it's Oklahoma, it's Lincoln Riley, and it would be a redemption over Iowa State. They lost at their place by seven. The only other loss for Oklahoma then would be week two 
three-point loss to Kansas State. To where I actually think they could say, look how many, you know, this team has rattled. They would have rattled off, I believe, seven consecutive victories. They would be a Big 12 title. They'd be, a you know, kind of one of your blue blood programs. Mm-hmm. And I think putting Oklahoma in, ultimately, people would say, oh, Bama's going to route them. I mean, Dane, it, who is, who, they're going to say that game, about like literally in a row. every single <laughs> team, though. At the end of the day, That's unless true. Bama's first round matchup is Ohio State or Clemson, the narrative right. will be Bama's yep. going to obliterate whoever they play. So I really don't care if people say, oh, they're going to obliterate Oklahoma. And? Right. No, I think you're absolutely right. We're but 17 and a half case- favorites in the SEC title sh- game. Sorry. We I just, should make the ridiculous. case, though. No, no, I hear you. We should remind people, though, that a kind of steamed Sooners team, right, that has, like Mm -hmm. you say, the juice, where would that stack up against, say, a Clemson Tigers that lose on Saturday, right, to have their second loss, right, and would not be a conference champion? Would the 8-2 and Big 12 champions and Sooners, let's say, get the Mm -hmm. look over a two-loss Clemson Tiger team, although both of those teams would have been to the one or two team in the country. This is where it starts to get a little bit interesting. We've got the case in three other conferences, but we'll talk about that on the other side of the break. So far, we think Bama's in regardless. Notre Dame's in regardless. Ohio State is likely in unless a 20-point upset winds Mm -hmm. up happening. Those are three teams... We look at the candidacy, obviously, of maybe a losing Clemson and try to stack up these other potential conference champions against a two-loss Clemson Tigers, right? That's what we're talking about. You think Mm. a Big 12 conference champion could get over a two-loss Clemson Tigers, that that's an actual decision point for the committee. I'm going to push my luck with the candle burner, nominating a couple of other conference champions that could emerge over the weekend and test their case to see if there's anything they can do, how much chaos might they need. We'll talk about it when we come back on the other side of the break. racing the clock sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com Welcome back again, everybody. Dane and Kevin, we're talking about what we need to do here for these standings that are going to come out in college football later tonight. We'll have our guy Joe Lisi tomorrow to break it all down and break down some of these conference championship games so you can put your money in the right place. But, Kev, you know, we've been trying to look. We do our own rankings. We'll show those a little bit later on as well. To me, the way I'm framing it is we know who the four teams are likely going to be, right? They're going to be Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, and Ohio State. However, Clemson is a leverage point right if they get boat race they could lose and kind of open the door potentially for an oklahoma sooners or a big 12 mm-hmm. champion let's test the theory i want to go to the pack 12 next where we have an undefeated power five conference team playing in a conference championship and it's the usc trojans the usc trojans are undefeated at five and oh remember oh when ohio state was at five and oh they changed the rule to say nah 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 that's enough to be considered well usc is five and oh in a power five conference and they now have a conference championship game it's going to be against the 
Oregon Ducks. It was supposed to be against Washington, but Washington had to pull out due to COVID-related issues. They didn't have enough bodies, literally. And so we got Trojans versus Ducks in this one. Talk to me about this game because this is a game a lot of people thought was going to be the Pac-12 championship when we were talking yeah. in you know, like August and even into September. And we thought because of how high Oregon started the season – that if the Ducks won this kind of championship game as undefeated, they would have a legitimate case to crash the party. However, it's the Trojans who are undefeated and could be an undefeated Pac-12 champion. So I ask you, let's assume they get by the Ducks. They're undefeated. I think they're like number 12 or 13 in the coaches' poll right now. You've already said that the Big 12 champion would have to be battling against a losing Clemson team to potentially crash the party. Mm. For this one, I'll ask you, if USC gets through, looks good, Clemson loses big, right? And Ohio, uh, Iowa State, Oklahoma, they don't look impressive. Is there any path for an undefeated Trojans? Or do they need chaos to the second degree, which would be something mm. like Northwestern beating Ohio State. So let's put it in that context. If Northwestern then does beat Ohio State, uh, if Clemson loses to Notre Dame by three touchdowns, and the Trojans get through the Ducks to be a Power 5 undefeated conference champion, make the case that Joe Lisi is going to make for us tomorrow. Right. So it's really interesting for Joe Lisi and his USC Trojans is when that game... Uh, was wrapping up, they were showing FPI's projections, a little ESPN mm. system, that had USC at 50% to make the college football playoff with the fourth best percentage. And everyone was like, what? This? Where did this come from? It was just, you know, right. so you, where USC is ranked coming into this week is going to be really interesting. Here's the deal with USC. If Ohio State wins, they cannot jump them. Because Ohio State actually has better wins than USC. No, that's They're fair. like that's the only fair. team they can hold that in front that's of. Fair. It's crazy. So they can't get in front of Ohio State. A two-loss Clemson. Unless they lose. Right? Right? Northwestern wins, right. right? That's like the right. second order of chaos. Sure. Right. A two-loss Clemson, though, I do believe that USC can jump them. So then it does beg the question, what do you do with the Big 12 champion? Right. I don't know. I don't know. Because... Oregon is a 3-2 and two team that started 3-0, and oh, plus two games in a row. They're a replacement in the Pac-12 title game. I mean, that is not a big trophy to hold up, as Iowa State and Oklahoma are going to go to battle as possibly two top 10 teams in the country. Right. So on this, so here's, and that's why it's so fascinating with what they're going to do. USC goes, we are a 6-0 and oh, unbeaten Pac-12 champion. And... Let's just call it Oklahoma because they're favored in the game. A two-loss And Oklahoma Big 12 goes, champion. we're a two-loss team, but we're the Big 12 champion, and we, you know, we were able to get our one win back. There's a lot of, you know, kind of moving around here. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if Oklahoma beats a top eight team in their final week of the season, they're gonna get jumped by USC for beating Oregon? But they're I don't think so, Dane. Kev. I understand that. I understand that. But it's in the same vein that Florida falls behind Georgia in the AP Top 25 because Georgia 
I still can't believe Mizzou ended up going into whatever. Georgia rolls a top 25 team. So they're not going to drop for rolling a top 25 team. At All the right. end of the day, the Big the Big 12, I, how do you drop for beating a top 10 team? So here we go. For or- you have when USC beats set up, though, Oregon. But here's the thing. You have perfectly then set up the next level of the trap then, Kev. Because now let's be consistent in our logic, right? Now, what we're saying here is if we think Bama, Notre Dame, and Ohio State, we'll take those three, Mm -hmm. right? We're considering a dropping Clemson versus an idle A&M versus Mm -hmm. an undefeated Pac-12 champion versus a two-loss Big 12 champion, right? That's what we're talking about Mm -hmm. in essence, right? If these other three teams can get through, how do we – evaluate the four, right? An idle A&M, a dropping two-loss Clemson Tiger team, a Pac-12 undefeated champion, a Big 12 undefeated champion. Part of what you don't like about the conference champion is how could they hop a Big 12 champion by beating unranked Oregon? Mm -hmm. I submit to you, in this chaos theory, where we're trying to line up idle Texas A&M, losing Clemson, the two-loss Big 12 champion, an undefeated Pac-12 champion. Now we have to talk about Cincinnati, Kev. Mm. Because Cincinnati, right, would be an undefeated conference champion like USC. Their conference champion opponent, Kev, in Tulsa, it would be a better win than beating Oregon. It just would. It would. Right? It would. It would. Great. So so Cincinnati win over Tulsa would mean more, potentially, in the eyes of logical voters like yourself, than maybe a USC win over Oregon, right? Cool. Mm -hmm. Here's the other part, though. Cincinnati right now has a lot, already has the leg up on USC, is already there, right? Wouldn't have to climb as far. Quite frankly, in the AP Top 25, Cincinnati's ahead right now of both of the Big 12 teams. Right. In the college football's playoff standings, they were not. However, we got to see how they look this week right but it's almost like the undefeated conference champion cincinnati with a win against tulsa that sounds Mm -hmm. like a better case than an undefeated usc would have win against oregon at least to me no you're right you're right but and the, the reality is that's not who they're up against it's that big 12 champion and so they, wait a second, wait, let me ask you something. The Big 12 champion is better than the undefeated. You're already saying that the Pac-12 undefeated USC like loses to the Big 10 12 champion I believe in so. the positioning. Okay. Un- okay. Unless USC wins by and I and I'm not I'm not exaggerating, four or five touchdowns. Okay. I don't even So what if like, Cincy beats Tulsa by five touchdowns? Cincy wins 41-10. I think I think Cincy will have an argument because they are right there. Ultimately, right. Iowa State's in front. They have the head start on USC. They have the undefeated nature on these other teams, right? And they mm-hmm. have the conference champion moniker that a team like AM wouldn't have. Yes. They've got most of the boxes checked. They do. They have a they they do. Here's the deal. I think with Iowa State already in front of them, you can beat Tulsa by a billion. I beat Oklahoma for a second time. You know it's a better win, and I'm already in front of you. That's difficult. Since he's ahead Oklahoma, of Oklahoma in the standings. Since he's ahead of Oklahoma in the standings. But boy, is it going to be hard. To, I, mean, I, I, I don't disagree with you. 
I don't disagree cool. with you. I don't disagree I with you. I think the craziest thing is, Dane, that this whole time, as we looked for chaos, and we looked for a darling team, I think it was Coastal. Because I think the argument for Coastal is, I think Coastal can hold it over the Big 12 like no other. I don't, I don't, I don't know if you want to get That's to it. That's fair, because by but, the law of syllogism, right, they beat the team that beat Iowa State, right? But I do want to, I do want to see about Cincy here a little bit more, right? Because think yeah. about it, what we're talking about would be a nine and zero undefeated, you know, a team that right now is number six in the country, right? Right now is number six in the country as per the AP poll. At least, right? Yeah. They moved up one spot, I think, from seven to six. They were seven in the standings. They they're not I don't think they're going lower than that unless the committee wants to stack the they were eight. They were for eight. what they might were happen in the conference championship. They were eight. Okay, fine. But still, mm-hmm. I say like they are now the whammy to prove inconsistent logic, I think. Because they would have if it's about conference championships, right? Right. Since he might have that. If it's about being undefeated. Well, since he might have that. If it's about quality of late season opponent, Cincinnati ironically has that over some of these other teams we're talking about as well. I think it's going to be interesting to see the two loss candidacies of some of these teams if Cincinnati gets all the way through, Kev. But like their quality of opponent is better than you thought. It's, it is, but is it better than the Big 12? I don't think so. It's better but than USC. You get into zero yeah. losses versus two losses. Zero 100%. losses versus two losses. One, but the thing Conference is, champion they versus not with X A and M. They showed their handless. But I think A and M is loose leaf. I think anyone can jump over A and M. I think okay, anybody fine. can jump over. They have A&M. no more. They're I, I, fine. They're 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 idle. They've been ugly, and nobody wants Bama versus A and M one versus four. Nobody. wants. I mean, look at the top ten right now. The AP poll has Cincy right there in the catbird seat. Right there. No. And I know the playoff standings are different, right? Yeah, but but that's... if part of what we talk about is Notre Dame winning and a falling Clemson, we believe we sure. can hop over idle AM teams. Sure. Iowa State may be right there. Does Oklahoma move up enough to hop an undefeated Bearcats? I I currently think yes. I currently think because at the end of the day, right? Cincinnati beats Tulsa. You already know what happens with, with Tulsa. They ain't finishing in the top 25 on the season end rank. I hear you. Anyway, like the four other teams then. that they beat. Let me ask you this. And, let me ask you yeah. this. Is this plausible to you? Bama 1, the Irish 2, mm. Iowa State 3, Cincy 4. If Notre Dame beats Clemson by a ton and and Northwestern pulls the upset, then what do you do? What do you do if Northwestern pulls the upset and Notre Dame beats Clemson Mm -hmm. 37-20? I I think, yeah. I think Ohio State State has a real tough time if they ultimately lose to Northwestern. This is where, man, I tell you, I've enjoyed these college football conversations. A two-loss Clemson team. We've been talking Does that about bring this for USC a couple of weeks back now. into the mix. But we've been talking about a two-loss Clemson for a couple of weeks, and a Clemson team that goes, "Yeah, we lost twice to the number one team in the country." Because Notre Dame would have an outside shot at jumping Bama for beating Clemson. Now That's that fine. Florida has That's a little fine. bit less sauce to it, right? And ultimately, it would be one or one or two in the country. I'm not worried about one or two. two loss, yeah. 
No, but but the thing is for Clemson, right? Two loss Clemson versus two loss Iowa State. Well, I know who's two like Clemson's two losses are to the second team in the country. Iowa yeah, State, an undefeated USC, an undefeated Cincinnati. That's where you know you can make the coastal. points. We got yeah, we can talk coastal. We got a couple of things we to gotta talk. talk. We'll do some coastal. of this with Joe Lisi as well when we come back. We'll tie a nice, neat little bow on this episode of the Early Line. racing sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line. We're trying to get ahead of what we think we might see in the college football playoff. Remember, conference championships will be going on this weekend, and the conferences, you know, got the matchups they wanted by hook or by crook. Kevin continues to talk about the Sun Belt potential champions in Coastal Carolina, but they have another task to get through, right, Kev? And ironically, their opponent is part of the linchpin of why Coastal and their resume may stack up at the end of the day coastal carolina probably has the third best resume in the country and i know if people are going to reject that on its face but louisiana beat iowa state that's like oh oh you mean number eight Louis- iowa state oh yeah yeah and oh. and louisiana's only loss is coastal and coastal and that is the matchup of the Sun Belt championship Right? Yes. And Coastal's two wins of both Louisiana and BYU is probably better than two top Clemson 20 wins. and Miami. Top 20 wins. Because, again, if. if Does Clemson have like, a top 20 win? Does Clemson have, have a top 20 win? Miami. But both BYU and Louisiana in the AP top 25 are in front of Miami. So right. you have, So you have Coastal with two wins better so than Clemson. So who has Clemson beat? That's I like they've beaten Miami, but they're Clemson. And I understand that they're Clemson. I'm not telling you because a lot of people believe that you're at the end of the day, you're trying to find the best four teams. If I match Clemson up on the same field as Coastal, money line situation, you of can course. only pick one. And I get it. And that's why it's an imperfect system that we are dealing with. But if people are gonna try and pretend that we are putting teams in with resume as a heavy consideration, then Coastal belongs in front of Iowa State and I mean, they've got a better resume than Ohio State, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just... If it's about your quality of opponent beating the big boys to show that you can, you know, hold your own in the college football playoff. It's interesting. It is very interesting. These standings will come out tonight. We will discuss it. We'll give you what our standings would have been, and we'll talk with our guy Joe Lisi going for the two in terms of these conference championship games. But up next, Ariel Epstein and Jared Smith. The morning after is up for my man Kevin. I am merely the spitting statistician trying to put the fun and functional sports content. Have a great day, everybody. Right here on the grid.